Welcome back to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. I am your host, George Evian, and we have made it to the end of our mini-series here where we are working through the nine pillars. According to us, there are many different ways that you could carve this out and build your teams up, but we have focused on nine pillars of what it takes to build an empowered team, why it's important, what you get from it, what others get from it, the, of the people you're leading, and why you should consider these pillars when you are building teams, building organizations, building your product lines, and again, why they, why they are important. And we have gone through eight of them at this point. I believe the first six, there were double lessons and double episodes in each pillar. So of six, we got to 12, 13, 14. This might be episode 15 or 16 as it relates to those nine pillars. We are on to the last pillar. And if you've made it this far, we really appreciate the support. Got a really nice message recently from uh, so, from some people that are supporting the podcast, that listen to the podcast and uh, provide some feedback to me on the topics that we discuss and really appreciate the support that has been given to us. Continue to like, comment, share, you know, comment on all this. I love the back and forth that we've uh, begun to receive uh, through the different channels with our podcast. So now let's focus on this last one. This last one by no stretch uh, doesn't mean it's not that important. It's just that we have built an acronym up of empowered. And the D, the, D, the last letter is for decision-making. We've talked about this in other episodes as we've made our way through this, but we have talked about, and hopefully I can get them all right, uh, but there's eight, eight pillars here. We've talked about encouragement. We've talked about mindset. We've talked about purpose. We've talked about ownership. We've talked about winning. Um, we've talked about um, E-M-P-O-W-E. We talked about empathy um, and um, execution. We've talked about results. I believe those are all eight, right? And all of those are so important. Please go back and listen to those. You want to build an empowered team. You want to know what it is. Now, each pillar has five or six sub bullet points underneath them that we talk about. So you could say, hey, this one's really important because one that's really important in building an empowered team is accountability. But we have covered that in other lessons as, as a sub bullet point to the pillar. Um, and I believe that we're actually going to cover it uh, today as we talk about decision-making. So those are the nine pillars that we've covered up to this point. And please go, like I've mentioned, please go back and listen and support uh, those. And just, again, there's a great lesson that I've learned recently and I'm stealing it and we'll give credit to the person that I heard it from, but it's Simon Sinek was given this great message to executives. It was like his first big talk. And if you don't know who Simon Sinek is, go, go consume all his content. He's got a great delivery, great language, great stories, great perspective. Um, I, I think he's at the top of the, uh, of the ladder when it comes to uh, building business teams and business ideas and strategies and tactics and leadership. Um, he's the best and that I've seen. Um, but this is what he said. He was given this great talk in front of all these executives and he was really young and it was his first time doing this. And he was just getting his feet wet and, let, uh, wet and he gave this great talk to all these executives, all these C-suite people. And one of them raised their hand, this old older gentleman and said, why should we do anything you said? Why should we believe anything that you just presented to us? And I think his response was, I'm not going to get it verbatim. He was like, don't. Don't believe it. Don't follow it. Don't consider it. 
All I'm good. I don't have any answers is what he said. I don't have any answers. I've never done, like, I've never sat in your chair. Now I'm paraphrasing. All I have is a point of view. All I have is something for you to consider. All I have is a perspective. So as you navigate these nine pillars of building an empowered team of encouragement and mindset and ownership and purpose and, you know, winning and execution and results and empathy, all of those. And as you listen to those lessons, it's just a point of view. It's just a perspective. It's just something for you to consider. At the end of the day, if you are listening to this and you are the leader and you are making these decisions, you are the decision maker. Others around you are suggestion makers. And at the end of the day right now, maybe I'm just a suggestion maker. I'm not making any sort of decisions for you. All I'm, all I'm offering is, is just suggestions. We do that even athletically. Um, I used to be a head coach at a college uh, and university, and then you're making decisions. That they, we call it the, the shift of 16 inches of going from the chair of an assistant and the chair of the suggestion maker. It's a much more comfortable chair then sliding over 16, 18 inches to the chair of the head coach and the decision maker. It's a significant change. And I made that change from being an assistant at the college level for years where I had all the answers and everything was right and we could make no mistakes to now being the decision maker where hey, you got to get this right. And you got to take in all this data, all these facts, all this knowledge and all these suggestions that you're getting thrown at you to now being able to make those decisions. So much different chair and a much different change of 16 to 18 inches in the chair. But we've made it now to the last pillar and we're going to cram it all in. We're going to get this all done in one lesson. And if it's a longer episode, so be it, right? And again, appreciate those that have really been supporting this. And all of this is going to be packaged up for us into a package where you can actually uh, purchase this package through our website where it will be how to build an empowered team, how to make an empowered team and why it's important. And the title of that will probably be better than what I just said. But decision-making, this could be pillar number one. You wanna build an empowered team? You want people that are making decisions, informed decisions, collaborative with their teams that are all bought in, that you can then support and execute. um, And it's all part of that. And you could say that maybe it's not pillar number one because there's other things that go into that in order to be able to make accurate, informed and collaborative decisions. But leading this out or, or, or having this be the trail of our pillars and pillar nine might be perfect. Because we've built up encouragement. Trust, you know, trust is not a pillar, but encouragement that builds trust, that there's ownership, that there's purpose and vision, that there's winning, that there's mindsets of growth, development, competitiveness, that there's execution of a plan and having a plan, there's results, there's empathy towards one another, and understanding different perspectives and point of views and the different suggestions that people might make. All of this comes together to build a great team. But at the end of the day, it is about results. 
I'm convinced of that. At the end of the day, we as leaders, we as businesses, to continue to quote Amy Porterfield, who is a phenomenal lady that I have followed quite a bit and got books around me and, and podcasts that I listen to of her. She said, hey, at the end of the day, this is not a hobby. If you don't, if you want to make money, it can't be a hobby, right? You've got to make money, which means what? We've got to get results. How do you go about getting results? Encouragement, ownership, mindset, purpose, vision, competitiveness, planning, empathy, all the things we've talked about. The end of the day would have been perfect for us to end this with results because that is what drives it. We've got to get, now what results do you want? I want to knock software releases out the door or have these great clients and all that. And I'm going to burn my people out and I'm not going to care for them and I'm not going to love them. I'm not going to care about their growth and development. I'm not going to create a, a, an environment of, of, of feedback and improvement and accountability, like none of that, right? I'm just going to burn my people out. Okay. Turnover is going to be high. Word's going to get out. Nobody's going to want to work like you're okay. Or I'm going to have this care, love, attention, development, growth of my people and respect for them and understanding of them. And we're going to encourage and recognize and commit to one another. And we're going to also, because of that, get the results that we want, right? So results at the end of the day, you've got to figure out how to get them. Now, my thinking is, and how I like to lead, and what I think is important is, hey, the results of winning, the results of the dollar, the results of the customer is all going to boil down because we are going to do everything else the right way. So if it's winning in basketball or baseball or football, or if it's the client that you need, or if it's the sale that you need, or if it's the software release that you need, we're, that's all a byproduct. Those results are a byproduct of doing everything the right way. Encouragement, ownership, empathy, everything, accountability, competitiveness, growth, develop, all the things we've talked about. And understand that after 15, let's say, videos of about 30, like you've got seven or eight hours to get through. And you're going to find all those words. But decision-making and being able to make those decisions as an empowered team. Decision-making involves choosing. Now, I'm kind of reading through my notes here. Decision-making involves choosing the best course of action based on all the available information and considering the team's goals. So what, what are the team's goals? Let's go back to pillar number three. Purpose, vision, mission, goals, strategies, tact, like all that we talked about in pillar three. You want to build an empowered team? Understand that you've got to have a purpose and a vision and a direction and a course and a roadmap and that making decisions, your team and empowering your team to make decisions that lead you closer to the compelling vision. Over and over again, over the past few weeks, personally, professionally, job, friends, whatever. And this is like, this is what I juice up and get geeked out about. If you Like hanging out with me, like I'm going to get twitchy because I want to talk about basketball. I want to talk about players and development and the game and NBA caught like I, like that's me. 
And then I want to start talking about team development and leadership and personnel and roles, like not athletically necessarily, but just what are you doing? Like, I've got a buddy that is killing it right now at Lifetime Fitness. As a, as a general manager, I don't know his exact role. He runs his property. At some point, we're talking about leadership, team development, roles, responsibilities, metrics, outputs, competitiveness, leaderboards. Like, that's what we're doing. And there's nothing that excites me more, one, than just having those discussions so I can get better. But he also gets something out of it. But two, I love it because I see how great he's doing and how he's just killing it. So let me read this again. Decision-making involves choosing the best course of action based on all the available information and always considering the team's goals. But let's say this. Let me read this again, but change the wording a little bit. Decision-making involves choosing the best course of action, empowering your team to make the best decision based on the best course of action on what we know, on all the available information. What do we know? What facts do we have? And that's up to all of us to collect information and share that information. Please don't have people on your team that hoard information. I need to know we. We need to know everything, not an I. As the leader, you could say I like, hey, I'm making this decision. I'm the decision maker and I need to know everything. Now, you know what? In order for us to be collaborative and in order for us to buy in, in order for us to be supportive of one another and the direction of us moving forward to accomplish our team's goal and the compelling vision, then we need to know everything. Man, if you have a company, an organization, a team that is out for them individually, hey, I'm going to hoard this. I'm going to control this. I'm going to keep this information for me because if so-and-so has it, or I won't get the recognition, the acknowledgement, the pat on the back, the raise, the parking spot and the salary, but like, come on, that's not, that can't be us. And I would encourage like, man, if you, like you always course correct, you always have the counsel, you always coach, you always give the feedback of that person and those attributes. If you can't correct that, what's that cult? Like it can't happen. Like, like the people I work with, athletically they once they start start goofing on you it's starting to resonate and i get goofed on a lot because i say man this is a we thing this is not a, a me thing it's we say this i me my we got to get rid of i me my this is a we ours us o-u-r-s ours us this is we are us and we've got to have it that way. So we cannot hoard information. Decision-making involves choosing the best course of action based on all the available information and considering not just the team's goals, but consider, considering the compelling vision that has been laid out that we all agree to, we all came up with. It may come top down. Somebody else may come and say, this is, hey, but we're going to figure out the how. And hopefully we have a play in the what and why. Hey, what are we doing? Why is it important? Let's get behind this. Let's understand it. Let's us craft up why that's important. And then let's figure out the how. This is where we're going, but we've all got to buy into that. So it's the team's goals. But empowered teams are going to always encourage shared decision-making. You could write a book. All right, nobody steal this. It's my idea, <laughs> right? I mean, my. 
You could write a book on the word shared when building a team. Shared suffering, shared ownership, shared vision, shared objectives, shared, shared celebration. And here it is again, shared decision-making. Shared decision-making. You want to build a team? That word shared is going to bubble up more than anything. It's got to be shared failures, even though we don't like using the word failure. Shared learning. Empowered teams encourage shared decision-making where everyone's input is valued. You want to start talking about empathy? Understand the, the, um, the differences that you have as an organization, right? Uh, the different, uh, you know, education, cultural backgrounds, education, resources, connections. Like there's so many different, uh, different disciplines that people come from, right? That, that you've got to be able to make sure that everyone's input is value because at the end of the day, and we just talked about this, is you've got to have all of that information for everybody and you've got to take it from everybody. So one of our lessons I'm certain we talked about, or maybe one of my sub lessons that becomes one of our blogs on our website is this idea of being the last to speak if you're a leader at meetings. Like, hey, I'm not talking. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're doing. This is why we're here. Here's the objectives. Here's what we're trying to get out of this. Go. Now at the end, summarize, acknowledge, take it all in, and then give your opinion. Let everybody else be heard. But that approach will lead to well-informed choices, increased team ownership, and a stronger commitment to that compelling vision. What do, like this is all, you feel like this is simple stuff. You would feel like this is simple stuff to execute. But why is it so hard? This approach of decision-making, this approach of shared decision-making, of we, of not his decision, her decision, I was told. We came up with this and maybe we battled and maybe there was conflict and maybe it took us a while to all get aligned. But when we walk out of the meeting, we're, you know, we're sharing, we are, we have this shared vision, this shared direction, but that approach, let me read it again. That shared approach leads to well-informed choices, increased team ownership and a stronger commitment to direction. So what are we talking about? We're talking about Pillar number three or four, ownership, E-M-P-O, so pillar four, ownership. I'm telling you, the best teams out there are the ones that have a sense of absolute ownership of everything that is going on. So how do you create more ownership? Make them feel like they own it. It's your team. You're not a rookie anymore. You're a veteran. You have to be around. You have to make these decisions. You got to have a voice. You've got to have an opinion. You've got to rally and be a leader, right? One of the jobs of a leader is to develop more leaders. So we're doing that. But we've got to be able to have increased team ownership and a stronger commitment to the team's direction. So now we're talking about EMP, purpose. So just the idea of shared decision-making, knowing how to communicate that, knowing how to get buy-in on that, making sure everybody's voice is heard is going to allow us to take care of or at least deposit 
into the pillars of ownership and purpose, which is buy-in, right? I had a gentleman on the podcast a number of months ago, outstanding guy, but his mindset was, hey, we need to stop saying buy-in and start saying ownership more, right? But we've got to have, and I still use the word buy-in. He didn't convince me I'm not going to use it. It's just such a, a, a catchy phrase and we all know what it means, but man, it's getting people to buy in and then own that decision. But let's go through some of these pillars now. It took me 20 minutes to get through the, the introduction of this. But we want to get through these five pillars. We may not get through them all, but we'll make sure that this is uh, the episode that we really wrap up this lesson on empowered teams. But decision-making is important. Just here, let me give this example. We have said this before in another episode. I was a student assistant coach, meaning I just took a lot of notes. I didn't, I did some film work. I was around, I was around what I believe to be to this day as a 50 year old, the best basketball coach around. And this was back when I was 20. His, his name was Rick Majerus. He was the head basketball coach at the University of Utah. And really all I did, one, one, one thing I didn't do was I did not take advantage of the opportunity. Totally different podcast about taking advantage of opportunities. Um, and watching it, just taking advantage of that opportunity. But And then I just took a lot of notes and was just around. And I should have taken advantage of the opportunity, could have learned a lot more. But let me tell you, he's the best coach I've ever been around. The best coach. High standards, knowledge, care, you know, very difficult. But you you played at his, you, you better, his phrase was this, man, you better love this as much as I do. Because if you don't love this as much as I do, I am very hard to be around. He was very upfront about that. And that has carried with me like, like, hey, we may be difficult to be around, but we love it that much. We're that competitive. And we want to be great that bad. So you got to fit, you like, like, I, I don't think we're like that were like that meaning me in the professional world but man you've got to just want to be great you've got to want to compete you've got to want to be around greatness and develop greatness in yourself but this is what he said i got off point a little bit this is what he said that i really liked and as it comes to decision making and ownership and vision is this he said like just take this x's and o's a little basketball strategy for you side pick and roll right we're going to guard it a certain way maybe there's three different ways that we want to guard side pick and roll i remember him saying to his coaching staff or in a in a clinic or something like that he was like hey there's only three or four ways that we def we guard it there's probably 20 different ways who knows 10 10 different ways to actually do it we do it and discuss and 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 execute on three ways. But he said in a game, I would be like, hey, how do you guys want to do this? To his veterans that have been around, that have ownership, that understand the vision, understand the skill, understand what they're trying to get done, the end results, like all that. What do you want to do? And his point was this, let them decide. I'm comfortable with any of the three ways. Any of the three ways will work for me. With this game, this opponent, that point guard, those perimeter players, like whatever it is, I'm fine with any. But if you let them make the decision, more ownership, they're going to work their tails off to make sure it works because they were left the decision. They can't say, hey, we want to defend it this way and we're not going to work that hard at it and we're going to make it, it's not going to work and then we're just going to get our tails handed to us by him. 
We're not doing that. I'm going to make the decision and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it works. And we know what we're trying to get done and we know why it's important. So just that small decision. So the example of that is let your team make the decisions that may not be, that you may not care about or that aren't that important necessarily. It's important to know how to guard side pick and roll. It is. We've done this before. Hey, you know what? You make the decision. I'm comfortable and they're going to own it more. They're going to work harder. They're going to understand and have a greater sense. They're going to trust you more. Like what that one comment does. You can do that professionally now. Hey, I don't know what to do here. Here are our options. Here's three or four. Again, I'm just a suggestion maker. Here's three or four different things we can do. Hey, what do you think we should do? I'm comfortable with the three things you just said. Why don't you and -and so-and-so decide what's good? Tell me what you want to do, though. I need to know. Okay, we're going to do it this way. Perfect. Now, what's the other thing you need to do as a leader? Let them make the decision, then what? Support it. I'm going to support that decision. It's one thing in building an empowered team where there is no support on any of it. And we've all seen that team. We've all seen that leader. We want to build empowered teams. We want people to make decisions. Well, then why are you busting their tails when they do the when when they do these things? Encourage, vision, ownership, empathy, listening, trust, communication, accountability, like all these things we've talked about. And then they're not supported. What if they make that choice and it doesn't work out? What if you, hey, what do you guys want to do? I want to guard side pick and roll this way. And we just got our tails kicked four times in a row. You doing it that way. We have to burn a timeout. You come over to me. What what am I saying? Hey, well, I left it up to you guys to do it and it didn't work. You guys obviously don't know what, you guys are knuckleheads. No. Hey, I think it was the right choice. And I'm going to support you in that. This is why it may not have worked. This is why we may need to pivot off of it. We may stay with it and make these adjustments. Like you have to understand that that language, that timeout, that communication, that leadership in the basketball world happens. Every single minute is considered. And it's the same thing you need to be doing in the professional world. And if you're listening to this without a necessarily a sport or basketball background, and you just listen to that example, that is exactly how you need to consider talking in the professional world. Hey, I understand why you made that decision. And when you presented it to me, we all agreed it was the right way to work. But after two weeks, it's not working. So here are our options. We can find another way to do it and I'm going to support it. Or we can make adjustments to the current plan and I'm going to support that. And if it goes sideways, I'm the blame. But I'm here to support you in the decisions we are making. That's business. That's running a team. And it's the same thing guarding side pick and roll. Maybe that's the title of the book. But we've got to be able to make informed. Let me go through these pillars real quick. Under the, the big pillar, these sub, sub pillars, these bullet points. We've got to make informed decisions. We've got to have a collaborative approach. We've got to be accountable to the decisions that are being made. We've got to own them. We've got to have a risk assessment to it all. And we've got to be in this never-ending state of continuous evaluation of the decisions that we're making. 
Just because we made it today and we're guarding side pick and roll this way doesn't mean we're doing it the same way the next game. Things have changed. The opponent's changed. The market has changed. The release has changed. The team has changed. And I'm not just going to assume that we're going to guard side pick and roll this way. We're going to adjust to personnel, ours and theirs, time of year, the market, my team, what we have available, timelines, resources, money, clients, when people want, like, got to adjust. So we're always in this continuous evaluation. Encourage, let me, I'm jumping ahead to this last bullet point, but you've got to encourage the team to regularly review the decisions and the outcomes and, and the results that we're getting. Let me go through these five pillars quick, and I'm sure we'll stop as we get going. And we, we, I'd like to, um, you know, not take too long on this last episode for you all, but we've got to encourage team members to make decisions based on accurate and relevant information. Informed decision-making leads to better outcomes, better results, and instills that responsibility that we need to have, that ownership that we have to have on our team. There's nothing worse. And I say that to say, I'm sure there's other things that are worse. But man, you can't, having a team that doesn't have ownership of what's going on, that doesn't feel they're involved, that they have a sense of ownership, that it's theirs, that they have, that they're contributing, that they're valued. That's one of the worst things you can do. And how do you, how can you build that ownership up? We talked about it in pillar four, where we talked about decision-making and what that does for teams, but encourage the team members to make decisions on accurate and relevant information and that the informed decisions that they are then making that leads to the better results. Like we're going to win more and it's going to sense that better sense of ownership and responsibility to what the heck's going on. But you've got to have a team that gathers data that gathers information that is always asking questions, always wondering how and why and when we can get better. And always be taking that in. Like that decision or that that strategy, that idea, that perspective, that point of view that we talked about earlier may not be good now, but man, if you keep bringing it up, man, I'll tell you, now it, now it is. Now we need it. Now that idea works. Now that gets us better. It didn't then, but now it does. We've got to continue to evaluate and make informed decisions. We've got to have a collaborative approach. We've got to foster a collaborative decision-making process where team members contributes to all of the perspectives, all of the point of views, all of the opinions, all of the insights. Collaborative decisions lead to a well-rounded, well-rounded, thorough, thought-through approach. Ownership. Towards our goals, towards our vision, towards our purpose. Let them make decisions. What do you think? How would you do it? Tell me what you think of this. So-and-so, I haven't heard from you. What is your opinion? What's your point of view on this? That language goes a long way, and I don't think we do it enough. I'm going to let you all make this decision, and I will support it. 
You've got to empower the team members to take ownership of those decisions. Accountability. You've got to encourage. Now, I would do this. I would do it this way. If they're going to be making decisions and you're going to allow them, they're going to collect all the relevant facts and data, then they're going to be making informed and collaborative decisions. At the end of the day, they need to be accountable to those decisions, but you need to own it as the leader. Hey, this didn't work. That's on me. We, we could have done better there. I could have done better there leading them. I could have made a better, like you own it. Who cares? Who cares? You're going to, you're going to be fearful of your job. You're going to sit there and say, hey, they made the decision. They did this, and it was the wrong thing to do. Shame on them. You're going to say, you're just going to know, hey, I'm, I'm, what are we building this for? The dollar? The win? Are we building this for a culture of competitiveness, of winning, of enjoying our jobs, of being with one another? Everything we've talked about. Accountability. Empower team members to take that ownership. Take the ownership of their decisions and their consequences. They need to own that. But publicly, be out in front and support your team and understand that it should be on you. Take the bullets, give the trophy. Take the bullets, give the trophy. Give the trophy. Encouraging accountability reinforces a culture of responsibility and encourages them to really consider carefully the decisions they're making. Hey, this is on us, guys. Hey, she left it up to us to make this decision. That's awesome. That's great leadership. I feel empowered. I feel like owner, like we own this, but let's make sure because of this, we can't get it wrong. If we're garden side pick and roll this way, let's get together. Hey, we're going to do it this way. And we're going to work our tails off to make sure it happens. We get on, on risk assessment, the one thing on this, and this probably goes a little too deep for us right here with just a few minutes left, but this idea of training and really having your team consider and assess all the risks that are associated with the decisions they're making. You've got to be, and that's a whole different thing about, you know, deeper decision-making pillars and ideas, but like, hey, you're going to make this decision, but do you understand the risks to it? Hey, we're going to run side pick and roll this way. Do you understand the risks of doing it that way? Where are the landmines? Who's going to be open? What we're, what we're, what we're exposing, like, okay, because you can do it. But you got to also understand the risks involved with that. And the last one that we want to talk about is just, we talked about it already. Continuous evaluation of the decisions we're making. Works now, may not work next week. We don't need it now. We do need it next week. Encourage the team to regularly review the decisions and the results that we're getting from those decisions. Review the process, review the strategies, review the results that you're getting, always. And identify the areas where we can improve. So that ends up being mindset stuff. Competitiveness, growth, development, all that sort of stuff that we've talked about now for well over eight hours. All of this is important, but, but let me close on this and then we'll wrap up the entire package here. But, you know, you have to emphasize effective decision-making with your teams. You've got to let them own things. And then it's so important. And it's another 30 minute lesson of just supporting the team through all this. 
let's let's all get the information. Let's all make these decisions. And I'm going to support you all because I think it's the right thing. I'm not going to let you make the wrong decision. I'm going to support you. Hey, like, I don't think that's going to work. And here's why. Let's, here are some other options. You guys decide on these three because I'm comfortable with all three. You have to enable them by emphasizing effective decision-making within your team and letting them take ownership. You enable them to take ownership of those choices, making informed judgments, and contributing to the overall success and growth of the team. Like, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to win. We're trying to take care of one another. We're trying to develop leaders. We're trying to get growth and development. We're trying to take care of our customers. We're trying to get releases and software and cars, clients out the door. But I know one way to do all that is to build an empowered team built on encouragement, built on mindset, built on purpose, built on ownership, built on winning, built on execution, results, empathy, and decision-making that is supported. You want to know how to build an empowered team? Here's the thing. To circle this all back to 37 minutes ago, Simon Sinek, I've just got a point of view, a perspective. To quote me, I'm just a suggestion maker. At the end of the day, you need to listen to all these lessons, all these episodes. You need to go and get our notes from the website. And you need to review all this and say this good, not good, or this pillar would be whatever. Add, subtract. They're all suggestions. Want to build an empowered team? Man, encourage everybody. Recognize, celebrate, acknowledge people's commitment, their dedication, their investment in being great and helping you win and helping everybody win and helping themselves win. Man, make sure you've got a purpose. Make sure you have the mindset. What kind of mindset? There's many that we talked about, but the ones that stand out to me are competitive mindset, a growth mindset, a mindset of development, purpose, ownership, winning, empathy, execution, results, and now decision-making. So listen, we've made it all the way through all these pillars, nine pillars of how to build an empowered team. All of that is really important. If we could do one thing, it would be to build empowered teams, empowered people that have ownership, that have a sense of their own purpose, that they're at the best job in the world. As you, let me circle back maybe to what we talked about in lesson one, and it's been a long time since we've put that lesson out. How do your people feel Sunday night at 5 p.m. about being in their desk, their cubicle, their boardroom, their meeting room, Monday at 8 a.m.? How are they feeling Sunday night at 5? Do they feel empowered? Are they juiced up? Do they, are they, do they have a lot of juice for the day? Like, I don't know how else to say it. Do your people Sunday at 5 p.m. have the juice to get up and crush it Monday at 8? Or are they ready to polish the resume? Are they ready to get out? Are they, like, you control that. Build an empowered team. Encourage, like, oh, I'm not going to go through them all again, but man, encourage and empathy and mindset and ownership and decision-making. You can do it. And I will say this, and we can help you do it. My favorite thing in the world is building empowered teams and elite teams and elite people. 
and giving them a perspective and a point of view and some strategies and offering some suggestions so they can be great. That's it. And at the end of the day, they either take the suggestion, they're the decision maker. Let them make more decisions. No, not, I can't do that. I've got to control everything. Like, okay, just offering a suggestion. Here's what it does for you. Here's why it's important. Here's what it may do for this person. Always got, hey, Coach Meyer, we'll leave it at this. Coach Meyer is a longtime Hall of Fame basketball coach that I became friends with many years ago. He has since passed away. He told me every single day that he drove to the office, he always thought about his team. And on the drive-in, no radio, no phone, no nothing back in the day. And all he thought about was each member on the team. Now, basketball is easy because maybe there's only 12 if you're running a football team or a software team and you're dealing with a lot of people. But as you drive to work or at some point during your day, think about the people on your team and ask this question. What do they need and how can I help? What do they need? Man, work, clarity, acknowledgement, pat on the back, a challenge, tough conversation, some trust personal life, lunch, what do they need? How can I help? Just along that, this is the example that popped into my head. I remember back in the early 90s, I went to work, as I mentioned, and was just a, a, a guy that sat in the stands, essentially, passed the basketball on occasion for Coach Majerus at Utah. That year, his best player, who was a freshman, who was 18 years old, came from California, a, a player, a gentleman named Keith Van Horn. His dad died. August, September, October of his freshman year. So at the start of the school year, basketball haven't even started. Now, this is obvious, right? What do you need? How can I help? You know what he needs? He needs somebody to just be with him. He needs somebody to take him out to lunch. He needs somebody to talk to him. He needs somebody to counsel him. He needs somebody to cry with, right? And I remember Majerus took him out for burgers and actually got in trouble for it because I think he paid for the burgers, which you couldn't do in the early 90s. So he was like, hey, if I'm going to get in trouble for taking this kid out because he just his dad just died and I'm buying burgers, then, hey, put me on probation, right? Different story. What do you need and how can I help? And maybe it's that. Maybe it's a burger. But maybe it's other things. Maybe it's allowing them to make decisions. Maybe it's publicly in front of the team saying, man, did a great job on this. Listen, reach out to us. Stay connected with us. Go to our website. It's in the show notes. There's other lessons, other podcasts going on. We've got the, all these podcasts laid out for you once a week on Mondays. This, this is rolled out for a while. We are going to roll into another series. It's not going to be as long and lengthy as this. It's not going to be an eight to nine hour lesson. But I'm telling you, really consider these pillars when it comes to building your empowered team. And please let me know the results that you get. Thank you for listening to all these episodes. Stay with our podcast. Please like it, comment on it, share it, connect with us. Thank you.